All right, folks, Duke Machado here, broadcasting again here, RNHA News Podcast. Got a very interesting uh, program for you today. Going to be visiting with John Allen. John is a retired veteran, and uh, he worked for the VA. He worked for the Veterans Administration, so he's got a real unique perspective. He's a veteran. I'm a veteran, so we're going to have a lot to uh, dig into here. And uh, John also lives here in Texas. I live in Texas, so we have some common ground there, too. Welcome to the program, sir. How are you doing today? See if I can't find it. I probably already got rid of it or, or switched pages. But basically, you're saying that you support President Trump's decision to pull the troops back, get them out of uh, the Middle East, and you're you're in favor of ending all wars in the Middle East, uh, bring our troops back home. And um, there's a lot of people who felt that, you know, when President Obama said that. Um, I mean, I personally, I felt that. You know, that was the wrong move. Uh, what's different about it this time? What's different about it this time is is we've got a president. We've got a president that, that goes to military hospitals almost on a weekly basis, whereas Barack Hussein Obama, now this may, may not be a fair assessment, he, he, he went 20 times in eight years. Uh, this guy go you know our, our president Trump he he goes he goes about once a week I mean, he doesn't just go to Walter Reed he goes off to all of them and wherever he's at he's he, he tries to go to the military hospitals or the VA hospitals for the president has a has a has a keen understanding of the sacrifice that our war fighters make their families make um, and and I think that I personally think that uh, the wars in the Middle East have drug on for quite some time. I believe that President Trump has a keen understanding that working-class Americans are tired of sacrificing their children. Um, and, I, and when I say children, I mean you know not just not just the war fighters, the marriages of the war fighters, which is, that's impacted my family. Um, not to get too personal, but but the president has developed a keen understanding that that. The sacrifice is broad and in depth. And in regards to the Syrians, please understand the Syrian Kurds were mercenaries. They were Marxist communists who have been under the, the direct influence of Moscow for 40 years. Moscow has been telling them to align themselves with the Assad government. The Americans have been telling them to align themselves with the Assad government. They were our ally to, to destroy ISIS. That mission is accomplished. The president needs to come home. 
mean, you asked me a question just a moment ago, dude. Ask me what's different. I'll tell you, there's 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 a key difference between how how the president uh, or Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, left left Iran and 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 how how President Trump has left Syria and and how I hope he leaves he leaves uh, Afghanistan. This the situation with it's 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 tough, but it's reality. Barack Obama left Iraq and didn't even didn't even tell the Iraqi governments, okay, the American go- the American oil companies are going to come in and help you with these, with the with with the, your oil production. We're going to stay in place. We're going to. He turned it all over to the Chinese, and a lot of people don't know that. He outsourced the entire uh, oil production of Iraq to China. Hmm. And a lot of folks are unfamiliar with that, and I invite anyone, anyone, to please look that up. You may be shocked. Um, that was that was startling. All the all the treasure, all the all the the thousands and thousands of of young people who were wounded both physically and mentally in, in the Iraq conflict. And then we, we, we just continue to see more and more of it um, with, with Afghanistan. And, and, and being a uh, retired administrative officer from the, from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, I would invite any of those talking heads on any of these, CNN, MSNBC, the, the, the few that were on Fox, any of them anywhere, why don't you go down to the VA? Why don't you go down to the VA and look at those young people in those wheelchairs and say, gosh, man, these are fantastic. We need another 10,000 of these because they won't be caught dead in a VA. I went to a uh, funeral, a military funeral in Colleen at Fort Hood, and uh, <clears throat> there is a, a cemetery there where you know they, they bury military veterans and and after i after we had this ceremony i was walking around and just blown away with how many people were born in 1995 and passed away 2016 you know just they're teenagers they're young 20 yes Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's that harsh reality. Like you were saying, it's been going on. The media is not reporting on it. And I don't know, you know, we don't, you know, I remember when there was a a total, I mean, there was a tally, uh, uh, 2,100 people killed up to this point, 3,400, and it just kept going and going. We don't see that anymore. No, and unfortunately, we just lost we just lost Mark Allen, Master Sergeant Mark Allen, yesterday or maybe two days ago. No relation of mine whatsoever, uh, but he was a um, a special forces operator who was shot in the head uh, searching for the the national hero Bo Bergdahl. Yeah, mm. that's uh, yeah. Yeah, we just lost Mark, and that, that's a tragedy. Um. And the Bo Bergdahl story is, I mean, oh my God! You want to sour the American people on, on, on the leadership skill sets of Barack Obama? Just tell them the Bo Bergdahl story. Yeah, yeah. No. So, so let me ask you. There's, um, 
people, uh, what I see they respond to this is what happens to the Kurds? Uh, we, we, um, they were there to help us, and now when they need us, we abandon them. That's what's the word. The, the Kurds, again, the Kurds were mercenaries. People need to understand that. I'm not, I'm not saying that the U.S. wasn't, wasn't um, in need of assistance. We assisted them, no questions asked. We helped them fight their enemy. And we, and we told them, and their, their longtime ally, the Russians, told them that they needed to draw back. They needed to pull back. And they needed to align themselves with Damascus. Not, again, not engage in cross-border skirmishes and attacks on Turkey. Oh, you don't hear about that in the news, do you? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't hear about... You think, see, if, you, if you're watching, if you're watching cable television, you think that the that the Turks, the, the the Turkish army and the Turkish government has attacked these poor Kurds completely without provocation. It's not the case. It's not the case. Um, I, I don't. Know. It's it, the, the, these these the, they just you know. Now, what are they all fighting over anyway? I mean, what do they want? I guess they want land. Uh, they they don't want to be bothered. They want to worship in their style. They want to, I guess, um, commit jihad on the world. And I think that's the bottom line there, isn't it? Jihad. Well, again, the the, the Kurds are 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 Marxist communists. Okay, they want a communist country. Within the state of Syria. Now, imagine that. I want you to think, want you to think about how. Um, I'm losing. I lost you there a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I want you to think about a, a group of Maoist communists within the state of Texas or within the United States. That's that's uh, that's trying to uh, establish a country within our country. How would we? How would we? Uh, how would we deal with something like that? So that's what you you have to you have to relate to the realities of the situation in order to better understand them. And what we have is is the Kurds. Uh, they you know like first of all, we have had military bases in Turkey for fifty years. We have been, Turkey has been a NATO ally, a good NATO ally for over 50 years. And, uh, you know, Turkey allowed uh, U.S. government under Dwight D. Eisenhower and JFK to put nuclear weapons on their soil. That was part of, uh, of the, of the uh, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, was we had to pull our missiles out of Turkey. And a lot of people forget about these things. Yeah, well, it's good good to have you around because it's great to get that insight again. We're visiting with John Allen. He's retired a veteran administrative affair at the v, Veterans Administration. He's got great insight on things, and he supports uh, President Trump's uh, decision to pull the troops out of the Middle East and in the wars over there. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation after this break, listening to Duke Machado right here on RNHA News Podcast. All 
right, folks, we're back. Duke Machado here, RNHA News Podcast. Uh, like I said before the break, visiting with John Allen. He's a, a U.S. veteran. Hey, what branch did you serve in? I was in the United States Army. What did you do? I was an advanced biomedical engineer. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that is. Well, I was a... I was a poor kid from central Illinois that picked more, probably more produce than anybody you know, especially any Anglo you know, <laughs> uh, from the time he was about 11 until he was about 17, and uh, from a working-class family. And um, I uh, wasn't a great student in high school, and um, I was always pretty engaged, didn't, didn't study much. Um uh, and I finished high school a little early, and I said, you know, I, I'd, really, I'd really like to go to college, but, um, you know, my folks don't have a lot of cash, and I'm a B-minus student. Let's go down and see what Uncle Sam's got for me. So then I went down there, and I took their tests, and they went, wow, you did really well. And I was like, yeah, you know. They said, uh, what would you like to do? And I looked at the special forces operator there, and I said, uh, you know, I'd like to go to college, and the guy's name was Greg Offhouse. And then we're talking about 1981 here, folks. Greg Offhouse, that's what it was, Offenhouse or Offhouse, I think. It's been a long time now. It's been almost 40 years. He said, well, I only know of one MOS, Military Occupational Specialty, that's, that's, that's college degree producing. He said, you qualify. He said, it's biomedical engineering. I said, wow pretty cool and uh so i that's how i got into it and that's it served me very well it was degree producing for my my associates and then i later got a bachelor's degree from business in business administration and graduate of regis university in denver colorado and uh life is good but you're but you're uh into politics what do you see yeah. down, and you're down in South Texas, so, I mean, give me some scoop on what do you see happening down along the border region there. Well, I thank you so much for asking. Dr. Ray uh, Gonzalez is, uh, oh, I, I worked on his campaign in, 20, in uh, 2018, and I'm, I will work again in 2020. He's, he's working for uh, to unseat uh Congressman Philemon Vela Jr., who's um, very, very liberal, but this is a you know this is a D plus thirteen area, so it's very difficult. But uh, Dr. Ray is doing extremely well. Uh, we work hard down here. We also have um, a, a unique radio personality down in this area by the name of Sergio Sanchez, who fills in for Dana Lash. You're seeing a remarkable, a remarkable change from blue to red in this area, and it's getting tighter and tighter all the time. The mess at the border has is, is, is really helped, helped sway, or, or should I say open the eyes or, or renew the consciousness of the community. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of makes you pick a side, doesn't it? It truly does. It, it truly does. What a lot of folks, the East and West Coast folks, they, they're just not cognizant of, of what's really going on. There's a driving force, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a driving force behind these 
migrant caravans, which, by the way, there's a brand new one going up towards Tijuana right now. That'll end up, uh, you know, it'll end up south of San Diego. But back to my, back to my point, the, the governments of El Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Honduras, Guatemala, uh, did I say Guatemala? I think I did. Mexico. They have purged their least desirable. They have purged their society of, the, of their lowest contributors. There was open advertising on the radio stations down there for these migrant caravans that they could be paid, they, this, that, and the other. I'm not exactly sure who the driving force behind the monies were. Uh, that's a that's for a subject matter expert other than me, but what I do know is that the governments were encouraging these folks to basically they were purging their societies to uh, to get in these caravans and, and migrate north. It was really a no lose situation for them because they purged their societies of their lowest con- lowest contributors, and if by chance they made it past border security, then then. Um, they would send monies home. And if they didn't, so what? They're in American jail. We don't have to mess with them. It's really travesty. It's sad. It's sad. It is dehumanizing to take advantage of, of, the, of those people in those income brackets. So let me, let, let me ask you this. Situation. Let me ask you this. So we all agree with uh, securing the border. It's, I mean, every Republican wants to secure the border. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, but but what about everyone else? Well, every, those who are already here. What's the game plan for those guys? What do you? What would you support? Oh, thank you for asking. This, the, uh, you know, the amazing thing was that the uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi were screaming bloody murder about DACA, DACA, and the, and the president said, you know, they're right. You know, the Democrats are right. We we need we need DACA. We need to talk about it. We need to deal with this. We need to deal with this. And all of a sudden, they didn't care. So it's never about Doc. It's never about those people. I mean, we need to be genuine and honest about these situations. It's not about that. So getting back to your question, what would we do? I tell you what, we've got to do it on a merit-based system. Okay? If you've been here 30 years, you own a home, you've done this, you've done that, you haven't broken the law, if you, they, they're in, they're in a, is the crux right there. To me, if, if you've been in our prison system, most especially if you've been in our prison system, you need to go. I'm sorry. You came here illegally, and then you committed crimes here. You're not what we're looking for. But people who haven't, they need to be dealt with completely differently and compassionately, Okay. I, I live in the Rio Grande Valley. I live, I live in Mercedes, Texas. I live five miles from the U.S.-Mexico border. I have 20 undocumented friends, <laughs> at least. And they don't break the law, and they're good people. And, 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 and it's, it's, you know. I mean, do you think other Republicans, your fellow Republicans, would go for something like that, or would they just call that amnesty? Shout you down. They could. I would say, you know, I, I would probably take them down to the church and say, okay, why don't you tell this lady right here that's been here 35 years working down here at this, at this place that she's no longer welcome. Come down here and look her in the eyes and tell her to go home. She is home, 
That's what I would say to them. Now, you want to go to the prison systems and you want to, you want to clean them out in this recidivism rate and all of this other mess. That's a different situation. The president was right. Doc is a different situation. Criminals are a different situation. It's not. It's it's not. It's it's not as complex as people want to make it out to be. It's really not. It's really not. Well, the left uh, will call them uh, Univision and the Telemundos of the world. They they are adamant about uh, sticking President Trump with this. Uh, he hates Mexicans mantra, and um, you know. Jorge you, Ramos. Yeah, Jorge. Yeah, he loves the he loves to call president the president a, a racist, but when Maduro had him in lockdown, who did he call? <laughs> when he went down to Venezuela and 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 run his mouth at, at at Maduro, what happened? President Trump, come help me. Fox mm. News, come help me. Yeah. Now, Jorge, Jorge. Jorge, Jorge sells advertising. And that's the way I look at it. Maybe I'm a little too pragmatic. What about what about these uh, Julian Castro's of the world, the Betos and, and all these uh, super, super socialist uh, Democrat candidates? Julio who? Yeah. Yeah. He is the NPC. He is the non-player character in the Democrat primary. I mean, he is he is really and and Beto, sorry buddy. <laughs> you, I don't know. I, can I be a little can I, I you can cut I'm just going to let I'm a, let me let me tell you what, what my feelings are about Robert Francis O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke is an Irish con man. And if his daddy wasn't a judge, he'd probably be in a Huntsville prison wearing a dress, writing deranged poetry. Now that's my feelings about Beto O'Rourke. The darling of the Democrat Party? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, what, what's the world coming to? A, <laughs> we, he's, here, a, he's a joke. Here we are dealing with uh, real issues like uh, global jihadism, people who really do want to kill us. I've heard people Islamofascists. say, I've heard people say, well, why do you make such a big deal out of that? Uh, when was the last time someone did something like that uh, in your neighborhood or in your city? <sighs> people, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it, it won't happen. If you know, if you know what the strategy is. <clears throat> then we just have to be prepared. That's why we have to fight for our Second Amendment rights. That's why we have to reject uh, any sort of bills or, or laws or whatever where they try to minimize our ability to maintain and keep and own whatever weapon we want. Here, here's the sad thing about, about uh, uh, and, and I think President Trump just learned a, 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 very, a very good lesson President Trump said that after this, uh, Bernie Sanders, yeah, Bernie Sanders uh, disgruntled uh, psycho in Vegas, shot up a country and Western uh, concert full of what he perceived to be Trump voters. Yeah, you didn't hear about it like that, did you? 
Yeah, but that's what happened. But the news, but the news won't tell you that. Okay. But the president said, okay, these bump fire stocks got to go. They got to go. For the number of the estimated number of bump fire stocks that were in this nation that were sold to the general public, did you know that less than one percent were turned in? <laughs> less than one percent. Now, how many felons are out there now? And let me tell you something. I'm a class three form four firearms owner. I know what I know what the penalty is. The penalty for an unregistered machine gun is ten years in federal prison and and or oh, no, it's and a hundred thousand dollar fine. And up to excuse me, and up to a hundred thousand dollar fine. I misspoke. But it's ten years, it's mandatory. Now here Two weeks ago, the ATF come out and said, you know, that we can't enforce this ban for these bump fire stocks because it's not, it's not lawful. But it just goes to show you that what if it was lawful? What if the president just made 5,000, 10,000 people eligible for 10 years in a federal penitentiary because one Bernie Sanders deranged supporter who was mad at the DNC, who was mad at Donald Trump, who was just mad, killed all those people. That's it's funny point. how we never heard anything else about that. That thing, that whole thing just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, it just got, you know. Uh, I... It's a dark. No, it's a, a dark world. It's a dark world. It really is. You know, all around the world, there's evil, and then here, here we are, last Christian nation standing. It sure appears that way. I mean, it uh, last Sunday, I had the opportunity to to lead service. Our pastor was was out, and we talked about nine eleven briefly. And I said. The book of Job reminds us that the devil walked to and fro and up and down in the earth, and on the earth. And those 19 people on 9-11 reminded us that he still does today. And yep. people like the guy in, in Vegas, and the guy in the, or the, guy, the, 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 the guy in the Boulder Theater, uh, Colorado Theater. Mm -hmm. these, these people are deranged. I mean, you got to be mentally ill to go into a synagogue and, 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 and just start shooting people. So let me ask you this. Here's a, a slippery slope question. Sure. But, it, but it's just it's a real question that I, I have. So, you know, if you're, if you're strong on Second Amendment rights, and, and we, want, uh, we don't want those infringed, um, but yet at the same time I know that I don't want um, mentally or deranged or psychotic people uh, owning guns. Is that wrong? No, it's not wrong at all. It's not wrong at all. Look, we need to, we need to, we need to, we need to look at the, you know, we can look at the, the second amendment thing, but we need to back up to 30,000 feet and look at the entire problem. This isn't a gun problem. It's a mental health problem. And it started in 1986 with Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill. You think, what? Yeah explain to you 
that was when they opened up all the mental institutions, let everybody out on the street, and shut them down. Mm. We have a mental health crisis. We, we have a drug addiction pro- crisis. How is it that we've got 3%, 3.5% unemployment nationwide, and we've got 500,000 people living on the street? That's ridiculous. Those people are not, it's, it, they're drug addicted, they're mentally ill. And there are people that, that shouldn't have firearms that are mentally ill, clearly without question. Well, people will those, say, those, well, people will say that uh, we're infringing on their rights. Well, I would, I would say to, to people that these red flag laws infringe on their rights. But there was the process in place before if people would, would, would simply go back to 1986 and say, this person can be adjudicated mentally ill and institutionalized. Mm. Bang. So, look at the, uh, so the, the call is 1986. <laughs> 1985. Yeah. 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 1985, was it? That's what you're. Yeah. 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 That was from pressure from liberals. Sure. Who thought sure. who thought we were inhumane? Is that correct? Now, there is there is a fact that we must take into consideration. You cannot you cannot regulate evil, but you can begin to interdict the mentally ill, and we've got to go back to practical. That's the way I feel. Mm. Well, John, I tell you, I tell you, it's been a pleasure visiting with you. I give you a, a, a last word here, and we're about to wrap up our program. What, what's your message? Be strong. Do, do not be afraid to remind your friends, your family members, look them in the eye, like I had to do with my mother and my aunts and my uncles, and say, look. The, Repo- the, the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party of our parents and our grandparents doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. That's not the Democrat Party of today. The Democrat Party of today has men going to the bathroom with, with our, our female loved ones, our mothers, our daughters, our wives, our grandbabies. Our, our, this, this is not – that is not sane. Naked men walking down the street with things hanging out of their rectums is not sanity, but that is the Democratic Party. The Democrat Party of our parents and our grandparents, our great-grandparents, does not exist. It is not the Workers' Party anymore. It's not the party of working-class Americans. I love you people. I so appreciate everything. Fantastic Americans. I served for you and I continued to serve. And I love the community I live in. 
God bless America. Thank you. All right, John. Thank you for joining us. Folks, that was a good one. Go back and listen to it and share the program. Also, go visit our website, rnhanational.org. You can subscribe to us. You can join our newsletter and, and keep up with what we're doing. A lot going on. You can even donate to the cause. Folks, Duke Machado, RNHA News Podcast. We're out of here.